welcome to the Breaking 90 podcast, where we talk about all things sustainable fat loss. We take people on 90-day journeys to creating fat loss forever. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Breaking 90 podcast. I'm your host, Jerrica Rydell, with my incredible co-host, Coach Kelly, and we are two of the coaches of Breaking 90 Fitness. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Jer. How are you doing today? I'm excellent. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah. Good. You've got me on a great fitness routine right now. So I'm <laughs> pretty happy and loving life. What's uh, I've been get, getting outside a lot too, I see because yeah. of the routine. So you've been doing awesome. Thanks, Speaking yeah. of outside though, I wanted to, something came up earlier today and I wanted to just kind of tell you about it. Sure. So I don't know how you are about sunglasses, oh. um, but with this brighter weather, um, I'm one of those people I, I blame my mother like from the moment I swear I came out of her womb I've had sunglasses on <laughs> so like I can't even like on a gloomy day I could barely open my eyes and I'm sitting in my office and the sun's shining and I almost wanted to wear sunglasses to this podcast because I wish you did. I'm, <laughs> because I'm so sensitive to light and I think there has to be a fine line um, between kind of it, light is so important for us, right? We absorb our vitamin D that way and getting out in the sun, but I feel like I can't even open my eyes outside on any day that the sun's out. And I, I, I hope I'm not the only one out there that's this sensitive, but I'm also trying to desensitize myself a little bit slowly by kind of giving myself some time without the sunglasses on and just trying to, trying to get used to it. But at 27, I feel like it's going to be challenging. <laughs> I love it because aging only makes it worse. Yep. <laughs> You're but anyway, the only one. Are you a big sunglass wearer? Yeah. And I mean, I remember studying in school, like blue eyes are far more sensitive to light just because of right lines and all of that in, in the eyeballs. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. You have brown eyes though. I do. Yeah. It's so interesting. And I'm always squinting. So I'm like, I have to wear sunglasses to prevent wrinkles, but I also want to not need them 24-7. Anyways, that's my rant for everyone today. Needing transitionals at 27 years old. Yeah, something exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, all right, Kelly, what do you have for me today? I would love to pick your brain again. Um, I'm looking at the difference and the intents behind interval, circuit, and regular workouts. Just to educate okay. listeners on what might be you know, great for them, what they might want to gravitate towards in different goals. And I thought, who better to talk to than you? For sure. I actually, that's a great one. And I think it's a good place to start for anyone who's just looking to start incorporating exercise routine into their program and they don't know where to start. Um, so I'll, if you, I kind of have a different couple different ways I want to look at this. So we'll see what you think and ask questions as we go. Okay. Um, obviously for first and foremost, let's just kind of go into what each one is, but I would also like to go into, I'll explain them and then maybe like why we would choose them or how I, why I would choose one over the other for specific populations, if that's cool. Okay. So let's start with circuit training. Um, circuit, circuit training is probably one of the most common that we typically see. Um, I think because it's simple in the sense that typically you'll, you'll pick, I mean, on average, the definition in quotations is like six to 12 exercises. It doesn't really matter. Six or more, five or more, a couple exercises. Um, you'll pick them and you'll do them. Typically we see in a specific time frame. Um, a really common one might be like 30 seconds on, 
10 seconds off, 30 seconds on, and then every time you'll rotate stations. This is the common one we've seen, you know, curves made this one really big when my mom was really into curves. She'd go into stations and she'd do X, the specific exercise for X amount of time. You would transition to the next station during your rest and then go for it. Um, I think a lot of people, when they think circuit training, they think they have to do an all out intensity during that period of time now the reason i don't necessarily love that a because form needs to always come first so let's say you know it's it's bicep curls or squats or whatever it is it shouldn't be you're not going max effort because you're only resting for let's say a very short time five to ten seconds so how are we supposed to recover right during our rotation time if it's only a five to ten second rotation to the next exercise so i love circuit training because it gets a heart rate up um, we're able to maybe sustain a higher than usual heart rate over the course of the full circuit, which is great for cardiovascular. However, I just, the issues I see sometimes is that we go too hard and then we don't have enough rest time. And then we're going to the next exercise, extremely fatigued. Um, so this is where um, for a beginner, we would want to start a little bit more, um, let's say body weight or a little bit slower. And then as we get more comfortable with recovering during those times those shorter bouts then we could pick up the intensity that's just the big issue is that we go into the circuit training too intense too quickly typically we see them in classes too right and that's kind of that atmosphere is we go too hard into these circuits and then we're not getting that adequate time to recover which typically sees injuries um i kind of just ranted there are there any specific questions when it comes to circuit training that you have well, that's really cool because I'm I'm listening to your examples and I'm hearing weight training as the examples, if that and body weights, right? Um, versus you put a lot of us on a running routine, like a couch to five k situation, and there's circuit training involved in that, and form is not necessarily as intense or as big of a focus. Is that fair to say, or is that totally uneducated? Yes, and I'm actually going to talk about sprinting versus resting in the high intensity um, example because it's a little bit more geared towards that um, because you're typically not sprinting or running hard um, for let's say 30 seconds and then only getting five seconds to recover so with circuit training it's typically combination of exercises with short periods of rest whereas when you'll notice and we'll kind of gradually get into high intensity interval training here you'll notice in your run program you have 30 seconds hard, but maybe two minutes of like breathing and getting back to recovery. That's more high intensity interval training. Cool. And oftentimes people say, oh, I did a hit class, but are they talking like high intensity training or high intensity interval training? H-I-I-T often gets misunderstood, but it's very short bouts of high 80% of your heart rate or more intensity followed by equal or even longer periods of rest so that we can fully recover. And I think that's a really big difference between circuit training and the HIT because we work super hard in HIT, so we need more time to recover. And with HIT training, it's more common, you'll see it with like bike intervals, sprinting intervals, um, I'm trying to think like just things like more cardio based. You're not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you to go max effort, bicep curls as fast, as hard and as heavy as you can, and then rest for two minutes. Right. I'd rather you 
do that more in a strength training, go nice and slow, feel the squeeze, focus on the muscle group. So that's when you might see that the bicep example in the circuit training, because you have more time to focus on the muscle group. Whereas hit, you have less time, you're going hard as you can with longer rest. Does that make sense? Yeah, so much sense. And I think uh, like, I'm, I'm really happy to be a guinea pig of, of the uneducated and their voice like I think I would sometimes use the word circuit and what I really meant was interval training and so sometimes we see people come into the program and they tell us what they like and they use a particular language that doesn't actually mean what it means um right. like why are is crossed right and that's it's so important why we have these I guess interviews or conversations with our clients because if it was just via messenger I would not really know exactly what they wanted or what they enjoyed doing and enjoyment of the exercise is something I'm actually going to talk about a little bit after the definition of all these because that plays a really big factor in what's get what gets programmed um, in choice of cardio hit strength I'm actually going to add another fourth one at the end of this I think as well um yeah so just we just finished with hit just basically wanted to take home message it should be high percentage of your heart rate Typically, in averages, numbers we see is 80% or more. How often do most of us almost hit a max heart rate? The, the general population, it doesn't happen very often, right? We don't know how high we can hit. We don't know what 80% is. So um, I personally, and I'm, I, I'm a bit firm believer in at least um, Dr. Andy Galvin, I could have um, maybe posted his name a little bit. He was on one of my favorite podcasts, the Huberman podcast. Um, the other week, and he mentioned once a week, I believe it was once a week at minimum, we should all be hitting a near max heart rate just for health, heart health and longevity. And I thought that was so amazing. And I've been really pushing that as a proponent and something that I like to teach because HIIT training, sometimes in cardiovascular or sorry, circuit training, you can achieve this, but very rarely. That's why I love seeing HIIT training once a week. And that's why you see it um, once a week in your, in your intervals, in your running program, because it's so important to get the heart rate up. And we'll notice that over time, you know, in that 30 second bout, I'm getting you to sprint, your heart might be hitting 180, but now we're getting, our, we're getting more conditioned. Now I'm only hitting 175. So I can work at higher intensities with a lower heart rate. And that's how we get better at these specific running programs. This is really cool. I'm glad that this is a topic that we're talking about. And I'm so grateful for all of your education because I'm thinking about so many people who focus on one number and one number only in their fitness journey, and that's the scale. And you're giving us another number to look at in terms of progress. So if right. my max heart rate is, you know, up at 180, like you said, and now I can do that same activity and not hit that anymore. I can look at that as, wow, okay, this, things are moving, the needle's moving, this is going well. Um, and, and that's not even checking out or checking in with the body to say, I don't feel winded, this is amazing. Absolutely, and I know we're using running as an example, but it's, it's this common thing that we see often at this time of the year. And for example, I had someone else do a, their first two minutes straight running. They actually achieved what they felt as a max heart rate. They were working at their max during a, to them, slow, steady state run. But because it's so new to them, they could not work any harder during that two minute interval. Now, three weeks later, right? They are, they feel a six out of 10 RPE, right? Three weeks. Which is rate of perceived exertion. So they're like, instead of hitting a nine out of 10, I'm feeling like a six or seven out of 10 um, in terms of how hard I'm working. So that, that's another number 
same with heart rate, everything's dropping because we're getting more conditioned. And that's really important. And, and it's exciting and motivating to, to see rather than, like you said, just looking at that scale. I, I want to draw attention to the fact that it's only three weeks. I think people, you know, some people can look at that while you're in the thick of the three weeks and think like, oh, this sucks. This is hard. Right. And then it's like, but three weeks ago, only three weeks ago, this is where I was at. Um, Absolutely. The body can definitely um, adjust quite quickly, especially, especially when we're just starting out. It's crazy how quickly things can um, change in the first few weeks of, of exercise. It's, it's amazing. I want to jump to strength training. Strength training is obviously one of the things we are, as coaches, you'll see we are big pushers of and firm believers of, not only because it, um, it helps with our muscle mass, but it's just important as we age, right? A lot of our clients, Kelly, wait, they're, most of them are, we'll say 35 and over. We don't typically see my, much under it with breaking 90. So what happens at that 33-ish age and older is we start to lose muscle mass, we start to lose bone density. Strength training is just excellent for all of those things and more. And to get into a bit of a definition, it's a it's kind of a loose term. You hear resistance training, you hear strength training. And sometimes when clients come to you, they're like, I love strength training, but what do you mean? Do you like, some of them will say, I love strength training, but you know, I like to lift so heavy in that three rep range. Well, that's, it just depends what, or some of them are like 12 rep range and I want to build size. So let's look at that as a general term, right? Typically strength training is involved with specific reps, specific sets, looking to increase hypertrophy, muscle size, looking to increase strength, looking to increase power. And depending on which rep ranges and which percentages and what type of weight we use, um, that will determine what specific goals we're hitting within that strength training window. Does it need to be weights? No, right? Resistance training is another synonym. So resistance could be your own body weight resistance. It could be banded resistance. It could be, like I said, dumbbell resistance, barbell. So there's different types of resistance we can use, but typically there's some type of load added to the body. Awesome. Cool. Um, when it comes to strength training, um, I want to make note that typically it should be, should be in my opinion, and in most coaches' opinion, should be done in a program matter, meaning you should be following um, some type of program. It does, and we talked about um, specifics and strength training program in a previous podcast, and it should be include progressive overload. And I want to just kind of hone in on that again, meaning strength training on a Monday might look like you're doing squats. Maybe next Monday, you're doing an extra set of those squats, or maybe you're adding weight to those squats. That is progressive overload. In some way, shape, or form, things should be getting more challenging for an X amount of weeks or however your program is laid out. Awesome. Okay. So now that we, oh, I, now that we talked about the three that you mentioned, I do want to add in um, just steady state cardio. Um, this is something that is typically seen in programs or people who go to the gym, they hop on the elliptical for 20 minutes, steady state, right? Meaning the, the intensity typically doesn't change. Typically it's low, long, steady state. You'll see it written as LSS. This could be for a 20 minute period, 30 minute period, upwards of 40, 60, right? So you might see cyclists on the bike for two hours. This is what I'm talking about. So it's those longer periods of time, typically at a lower intensity for a longer duration. And that's one that gets programmed as well. And that's something that some people love and some people get bored at pretty quickly. So that's just another one I wanted to add in. Yeah, that's cool. 
Awesome. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I love having the conversation about the different kinds of exercise, not just the physical, like, what is it that you're doing, but the intent behind you're doing it. Um, you know, you're talking about choosing these different programs for different goals. Like, I think it just gets people reconsidering what they're trying to achieve uh, and reevaluating why they enjoy it and why they don't. Because sometimes we write things off really quickly if we're not feeling it in the moment and we think, oh, it's not for us. Um, so hearing you talk about different opportunities, I think is really great that people might decide, and maybe I'd like to revisit that and see if I could enjoy that in a different way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then when it comes to choosing maybe which is best for you, I think there's as a coach, I'll kind of run through how, I guess, I kind of narrow that down and maybe see if there's some questions you can ask yourself if you're someone listening and how you can kind of figure out which direction you want to go in. So the first and foremost, we want to talk about our goals, right? That's something that you should be, and you've done a podcast, I think, with Coach Alex talking about the why behind your goals, and that's where I would recommend starting right? Figuring out specifically, right? We're talking exercise. So we're talking specific exercise goals. What is the goal? Is it building muscle size? Is it hitting a new one rep max on a weight because you love lifting heavy? Is it getting faster in your 5k or being able to do a 5k? Is it just fat loss or is it just to get moving because we don't move very much and we just want to increase our movement? So it's, it's asking yourself and it could be and like any other different ones I'm just giving examples and starting there will help geared towards where we're going to head next awesome this is so, so great thank you good good I'm glad so I'm just going to give you a couple of answers I guess to some of those goals that I mentioned just because it might help people like if now there's a lot of other factors that ride on what I'm going to say next but if you're you know if your goal is to build muscle then we're obviously going to head into the strength training route and these are all probably obvious answers. If, you're, if your goal is to get a faster 5K or be able to do a 5K, we're going to head more into either, you know, high-intense interval training and long steady-state cardio. However, and I'm going to touch on this at the end, but I want to make note now, should we or can we do multiple at once? Can I do strength training with the HIIT training as well as maybe a long steady-state cardio? Yes, right? And we'll touch on that at the end once I hit all my other points, but I want to make no enthusiasm. I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> and that's what's so important is I feel like people feel like um, you know, if if getting being able to do a 5K is a goal of theirs. And so they feel they just need to go out, you know, every other day and try to run 5K. Mm. A, there's probably better ways we can do this, but B, we don't just need to run. Increasing our cardiovascular aspect in other ways, like maybe doing a circuit circuit class can really help. Uh, strength training, building our muscles that support running can really, really help to help prevent injury and make us faster and stronger. So um, yes, we can do multiple at once. Um, but first and foremost is deciding what your goal is. That will help gear towards what we're going to do next. My next question is your time restraints. What do you have time for, right? During the week, if you're someone who tells me or tells yourself, oh, I only have time for um, two workouts a week or one workout a week. Now, how can we prioritize your goal here? So if your goal, if you're only able to do one or two a week and your goal is getting faster at your 5k, well, then those two workouts will be a run, mm. right? Maybe with a bit of extra accessory stuff, but we're going to get running because we want to be better at running. 
if you're telling me you have four days to exercise, well, then maybe two is a run and two is a strength training, right? So time restraint plays a really big factor throughout the week, but also how much time you have throughout your day. Um, pocketing, we've talked about in the past, maybe finding 10 minute pockets to exercise, or maybe you're someone who dedicates that hour to exercise. That will also dictate how we, how we play part in your exercise routine. If you're someone who has those 10 minute pockets, that first 10 minute might be your run. And maybe your afternoon 10 minute pocket might be a bit of core work to support your core while you're running, maybe some glute work to make sure you're strong. So understanding that the time that we have available can also play a part along with your goals. That's great because I think for some people they set goals for whatever reason and when they get to assessing their time and realize oh I don't have much or I'm unwilling to give much to it coaches will walk in and say or have the very frank conversation okay then progress is going to be slower and you're going to either have to be okay with okay with that pardon me or make bigger sacrifices. Right or we need to maybe our goal might've been just a little bit, maybe we have to break our goal down into smaller goals yeah. to realize that there's going to be a little bit smaller wins. And like you said, take more time. Absolutely. Another big one that I think sometimes people forget to address is our lifestyle obstacles. And this is something with breaking 90, we really focus on. Um, it's a, it's one of our three pillars, right? We do exercise, nutrition, and mindset as well. Um, so lifestyle obstacles, if someone were to come to me and say, I, I really, really love high intensity, all out max interval training, sprint as hard as I can. I love doing it. It feels really good. However, I am going through one of the highest stress periods of my life right now. I am probably not going to give you high intensity interval training because it, it puts an insane amount of stress on the body. Um, we talk about physical stress when it comes to working out, but mental stress affecting our central nervous system. It's crazy. Um, how working at these near maximal loads or near maximal intensity can affect us even for hours after throughout the day. Um, so having that discussion with either yourself or your coach, just understanding what period of life you're in, um, what's going on outside of the gym to know what type of goals, sometimes stress and just lifting something heavy feels really good, right? Sometimes if someone's stressed and they just pick up a heavy weight and squat it and you're like, oh, I feel so strong. That can be a great stress reliever. Whereas maybe sprinting, like I said, at an all out max might not support what's going on internally outside of the gym. So that's a really important point that I love to always have conversations with the clients about just so that I'm not running them to the ground while their lifestyle factors are also running them to the ground. Yeah. Well, one of the things I'm hearing, especially as a mindset coach, is that there is a definite need for the client to show up and be honest about where they're at uh, so that they can be educated appropriately. Because if someone is not willing to admit the level of stress that they're experiencing or unwilling to examine the level of stress, because it can be one or the other or both, um, then we can't necessarily do a great job in the education department um, and assigning them, you know, particular exercises. When there's a frank conversation about where they're at, even if they do love something, then a coach can come in, hold them accountable, meet them where they're at, and then get them to where they want to be. Absolutely. That's a really good point. For sure. That's really, really important. So that's usually kind of one of the big conversations I have. Another one when talking about which direction we want to take would be what you have access to, right? That's a pretty basic one. Um, 
do you, are you just at home with your yoga mat and your body weight? Well, then that might be more circuit style. It might, if you have some dumbbells and like I said, your goal is to get stronger, then we'll put you towards a strength training or if you're going to a gym. So just depending on what you have access to will also help to align with your goal in terms of what route you want to take in terms of exercises. Um, the biggest thing I want to talk about really was, can we mix them? And I said, yes, earlier, right? We can mix. And it's oftentimes in a strength training program. I think this is a, a common one. You'll see someone um, do their, typically you'll see your bigger lift at the beginning. If you're in a strength training program, you might be doing your back squats. You might do some lunges after. And then at the end, you might see a little conditioning circuit at the end, right? It might be Maybe that's where your lunges are. Maybe that's a little bit of core work. So you're able to have a little bit of variety with the circuit and put a couple different exercises in there, but also prioritize your strength at the beginning. And a kind of a take-home message would be to simplify it, would be whatever your most focused goal is, whether that's cardiovascular or strength training, put that first. Put your energy towards that first. Um, if you at all in your program will be lifting heavy, I do recommend putting it first because we never want to go and lift something super heavy under extreme fatigue, right? That's where we typically see form get compromised. So if we are strength training and it is a priority, I typically put that first and then uh, save your cardio for the end or maybe your circuit for the end, things that require smaller muscle groups. Um, but that's just a general rule of thumb. Um, if Like for you, if you are wanting to kind of increase that that running time or the running distance and maybe putting that first because that might be a priority for you for the summer so different ways to kind of gear your energy that's kind of a general rule of thumb I'm learning that the lunges that you schedule before my runs are not a hatred or torture but they are very intentional they are a warm-up <laughs> they are to get the blood flow to the muscles so that they and how often um for those listening and some of you might not be there yet but if you are able to run a three four five k um and you didn't do a warm-up it's so common that your first kilometer is miserable it your body feels stiff you're finding it really hard your legs feel heavy because you're using that first 1k has a warm-up in quotations because you didn't adequately warm up the body so now you're compromising your run and using that as a warm-up so that's why you'll often see you know leg swings even squats hip circles lunges anything to recruit blood flow to the calves at the lower limb will really benefit you at the time you're like oh are you trying to tire me out but no you're you're trying to get blood flow there so that your first kilometer or your first interval is more intentful. You're, you're actually working at what I want you to work at. Love it. Awesome. Do you have any other directions you want to take us in, Kelly? No, this is fantastic. This is exactly what I was hoping that you were going to give the audience. Um, awesome. A, so that there's education. You know, B, so that they're feeling more invigorated about how they're approaching what's on their schedule or their to-do list with their fitness journey. Um, C, just general enjoyment for life. So I think this is great. I actually wanted to add something that I just thought of um, when it comes to example circuit training. I think oftentimes uh, today I, I describe them in two separate circuit training versus strength training, but it's really common that you'll see uh, you can you can do progressive overload strength training within a circuit. For example, if it is bicep curls and lunges and let's say glute bridges with adequate rest between and you're doing those three in a circuit 
the important thing is, is that next week, if you are doing that same circuit again, which I'd recommend, maybe picking at least one of those exercises to progressively make more challenging, or maybe two, or maybe all three in some way, shape, or form. Um, so they're, they can be intertwined in the sense that strength training can get put into the circuit format, which often some people will see it as a superset or a triset is names that you'll see in the strength training world. Um, but really, it's just doing them with rest between in in a repetition of sets. Three sets would be like interchangeable words as three circuits. Um, so I do want to make note that they can be intertwined together, but just making sure that if strength is the goal, we're increasing progressively in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Side note. <laughs> oh, that's great. And and I hate to ask more of you, but like, do you want to leave us with a hot tip? Yeah, this is totally off topic, but I just thought of one because I started doing it this week or using it's tuna. It might laugh at me. Okay. So, so often our clients reach out and it's like, Hey everyone, I need some protein ideas. And we get like all the meats we get, you know, cottage cheese, we get Greek yogurt, but I feel like something about tuna. I just don't eat all winter. It's not a winter food for me. I can tuna. But it's such a quick, easy, if food's not ready, I'll just take a can of tuna. I'll take like half an avocado or a quarter of an avocado, mix it up, put some spices. And it's like an excellent snack, very filling, very nutritious, and very high protein. So that's my protein tip today. Love that. Thank you for the entire session today. Awesome. I'm so glad you brought that up. It was a great call. Um, if anyone has any questions or wants any guidance regarding our topic today, feel free to reach out, comment, post, share today's podcast with everyone. And we hope you loved it. See you next week.